Fei was a native of Hubei, China, and was a scholar by profession. Though privileged to spend most of his days studying in the temple, Fei was a bit immoral and quite devious at times. He gallivanted around brothels during his time away from the temple, and spent his family's fortune on pleasure-seeking trifles. He often took advantage of his parents' love by manipulating their support to seek his folly desires, and would steal. Even from blind beggars on the way who barely had enough to eat, though never caught in the act, there were even rumors of young women that were taken advantage of when they visited the temple where he studied. Fei often strutted around with a smug smirk on his face as he went about his deplorable existence. One day, as Fei was visiting a nearby temple for study, he encountered a fellow monk who had a beautiful horse and a strong mule that he loved dearly. This monk would often take his horse and mule throughout the town on many trips and use their strength to gather crops to feed homeless in the region. At this point, Fate coveted the mule, as it was young and fast, which could help him travel much more conveniently than walking. Fate rubbed his hairless chin and devised a scheme to steal the mule from the monk. A mischievous grin appeared on his face as he approached the monk from behind. Fei suddenly concocted a lie and pretended to be concerned about a beggar nearby who was in desperate need of food. Knowing that the monk would saddle up and ride off with the horse, he waited until the monk was gone and then rode off with the mule. Braying loudly, the mule contested Fei aggressively, but he managed to ride off with it well into the mountains. The mule ran as fast as the wind, giving Fei the adrenaline rush of fear as he felt he was unable to control the beast at that speed. The mule violently bucked and bucked, which propelled it off the elevated mountain road. With Fei going off with it, he gasped and screamed in panic as he lost control of the wild animal and soared over the ledge to a rocky demise. The mule and Fei tumbled down the rocky slope of the mountain, breaking every bone on the way down, killing them both. Fei's eyes opened to see a small hairy man with a protruding jaw standing over him, frightened. He quickly set up to find himself in a dark corridor that stretched far beyond where he could see. The hall had many shut doors that sounded like there was a bit of commotion behind each one. Fei looked at the horrid little man and asked, "Who are you? What am I doing here? What happened to me?" The little man giggled sinisterly and waved him forward to follow him down the hall. Fei followed close behind and nearly trampled over the dwarf as he stopped abruptly in the corridor. He took out a set of old keys and opened an unknown door. Confused, Fei peered in the door and started to walk in as the ghoulish escort grinned as if he was thoroughly amused. Fei's anxiety welled up in his gut after he noticed the man's eyes glimmering, like a cat in pitch darkness. He took another step and froze at the sight of a familiar scene. He saw himself on the mountainside with his limbs, back, and neck broken. In several places, the mule he had stolen laid near him in a pool of its blood. At that moment, he discovered he was actually dead. He shivered from shock as the little man pulled him out of the doorway and closed the door. Still struggling to get a grasp on things, the ghoul grunted and gestured for Fei to continue down the dark corridor. Walking down the shadowy hallway, 
Faye's palms started to get clammy, hearing all the screams, cries, and grunts of pain that came from behind each door. He wondered if he was in a torture hall and how he'll be punished. He jumped fearfully at an ear-splitting scream that accompanied the sound of cracking bones. Faye began to hyperventilate. He asked the escort, What's going on here? Where are you taking me? Remaining unresponsive, the doorfish man kept walking down the dark hall. The two walked further and finally approached the end of the hall. The creature stopped and pointed at a large red double door. As Faye grabbed the door handle, he looked back to see that the mysterious escort hadn't moved and appeared to be quite apprehensive, gauging by how far he stood from the door. In a heightened state of nervousness, he opened the large door and stepped inside. In the vastly spacious room, lit up by torches of fire held by monstrous stone statues, Faye stood in awe at what appeared to be an enormous man, sitting at a table made of the charred remains of humans. Suddenly he heard his name call in a deep, mighty voice that echoed throughout the surrounding space. He slowly approached whom he deduced was the god of death, Yanduo, who resembled a middle-aged man with bulging eyes, a thick long black beard, and a face red from a fiery temper. He glared down at Fei with an expression of distaste and said, Your guilty of theft, filial dishonor, deceit, lewdness, rape, and a complete absence of moral character. What do you have to say for yourself? Fei started to explain, but before he could utter a single word, the massive man pounded at the table with his fist, which caused a rumble like the sound of thunder. He screamed, Cyrus! His voice pierced through the room, making even the ghastly statues bow in fear. Faye flinched for his life as he saw the giant had leaned far over the charred table, placing his inflamed face near his own. The fearful king cleared his throat, returned to his seat, and began stroking his black beard. Finally, he said, I've heard enough. You'll return to the world of the living, but this time you'll live humbly, sorrow and obedient to atone for your past indignities. And just to be sure you've learned your lesson, I curse you with the ability to remember every life from this day forward. Thinking he had dodged a bullet, Faye bowed graciously and thanked the great king for his mercy. He waved him off and Faye left the room with his ghoulish accomplice who was waiting at the door. Faye awakened to find himself alive again. He rejoiced and laughed from the thought that he had escaped damnation. However, something was off and Faye didn't quite feel like himself. He couldn't move the same and his limbs didn't have the same functionality as before. Being an infant, he felt that it would pass and neglected to investigate any further. Months passed and Faye began to realize that things were very different from the life before. He had no human contact and though his linguistic ability was intact, he couldn't speak. When able to examine himself, he saw that he had been born a mule. Strangely enough, the same monk he stole from before took him in to be his foal. Distraught and grief-stricken, the mule cried out to the heavens to forgive him. For many months, he wept despite the fact that the monk treated him with the utmost care and hospitality. He often rode his new mule into the fields to help him transport crops into towns to feed the needy. Months and years slipped by and the mule contemplated suicide. 
He once tried to run off the mountainside, but that was thwarted by the monk, who arrived just in time to save him. From that day on, he saddled him together with a much bigger and stronger horse. In the evenings, the mule would try to break free, but because the monk had his mule stolen in the past, he kept his new one chained up all night. It seemed that nothing he tried worked. After years of failed attempts to escape, the mule fell into despair. That was until one day, a strange fungus began to grow in the stable. Day in and day out, little rodents would feast on the shrooms and would turn up dead shortly after. Realizing his opportunity had finally arrived, the mule impatiently waited until it was late at night as to avoid any mishaps. He then ate as much as he could of the fungus. For an instant, he thought he saw the monk arrive, but after careful observation, he realized it was the little man from the dark corridor who looked like he was holding a scroll with a pen in his hands. The little creature grinned a pyrrhonic smile with his protruding teeth and continued writing as the mule's vision began to blur. Shortly after, the mule fell to the ground, dead. The mule awoke to find itself in the dark corridor once again. However, this time, the little man was dragging him by one of his legs down the hallway. Afraid of what the god of death will do, the mule kicked and brayed and tried to escape using all of its strength, but it was no use. Though small in size, the little ghoul was superhumanly strong and had an iron grip on his foot. He giggled <laughs> sinisterly as he dragged the mule towards the red door at the end of the hall. Though screaming, the mule's brain couldn't overshadow the other wails of misery coming from behind the passing doors. Reaching the red doors at the end of the hall, the evil escort opened the door and threw the mule inside, slamming the door behind it. Yan Luo took one look at the mule and said, I thought I sentenced you to years of servitude and humility. Your time is far from over. What are you doing here? Somehow having the ability to speak, the mule started to explain, but before he could form a single word, the giant king screamed, Nonsense! Slamming his fist down again. A particle of burned human remains fell off from the table. He regained his composure and said, Your punishment isn't over. You return to the world of the living, but since you've longed for death, you'll drink from it until, until you're drunk. Now, go! The mule begged and pleaded, but the king said nothing as the escort dragged the whining animal out of the room. What seemed to be moments away, he opened his eyes to see that he was being held by an old woman and appeared to be surrounded by a family. Though the people were clearly poverty-stricken, he was happy that he had been born human again. Days went by as he tried to adjust to infant life. One afternoon, the baby's stomach grumbled from hunger as he patiently waited to be fed. The mother, occupied with other matters, neglected to feed her child. The infant waited as long as he could when he finally couldn't stand it any longer. Hunger swelled up inside of him and possessed him completely, to the point he couldn't control his conduct. Finally, he spoke to his mother in frustration, scolding her for her negligence, and ordered her to feed him. Traumatized, she stared in horror as her weak old infant talked to her harshly as if he were a full-grown man. 
The baby spoke so loudly that the father came in and froze in utter shock from what he was witnessing. Without another moment's hesitation, the father grabbed a pillow and smothered the infant to death. After a short period of time, he awoke and found that he was yet another infant in what seemed to be a different family. He looked around and noticed the home was tidy, full of calligraphy and literature present on the walls, which gave him the notion that he had been born into a family of scholars. He became very excited, but then became uneasy at the thought that he didn't return to the corridor of judgment. The child also became nervous and understood very well that he was killed in his previous life because he started talking too early. Therefore, he dared not open his mouth even when he was three or four years old. As a result, people thought he was mute. Devastated, the father searched high and low to find a way to help his only son to speak. One day, as the father was returning home from town, he encountered a strange little man on the path selling goods and medicine. He disclosed his son was almost four years old and hasn't uttered a single word. The little man made a sympathetic facial gesture and said, Cheer up, sir. I suppose it's fate that we met today. It sounds like your son's vocal cords are a bit weak and underdeveloped. It's not common, but it does indeed happen. I have a special tonic that'll stimulate the larynx and have your son speaking in no time. Wouldn't hurt to try, hmm? Overjoyed, the father quickly purchased the medicine, thanked the little man, and hurried on his way home. The little man smiled and waved as the happy father raced home, then disappeared in the shadows. At dinner, the father instructed his son to drink the tonic after he finished his meal and hurry off to bed. Thinking nothing of it, his son did what he was told and went to sleep, but never woke up to that family again. In the next life, he was a stillborn and died in the womb. Shortly after, he was born a girl, but unfortunately was sold into a brothel and died. To his surprise, he opened his eyes to see that he was in the dark corridor with a little escort dragging him to yet another door. In the form of a woman, he screamed for mercy, swearing that he had learned to be moral, just, and decent. The demon stopped and slightly turned his head and said, Only Yanduo can judge whose turn has come to an end, and yours is still not up yet, he said with a chuckle. <laughs> he tightened his iron grip on her ankle, turned and whispered, My record show." You've died six times. But according to our master's demand, you've got 94 more to go. Her eyes dilated in terror. She screamed and clawed at the floor, breaking her nails down to the cuticles to get free. But the creature's grip was unbreakable as he laughed gruesomely and threw the woman into another unnamed room. Wiping the saliva from his face, he glared at her and said, I'll see you soon and slammed the door shut. His eyes opened to see the rays of the sun. The lush greenness swayed and danced in the cool breeze blowing through his body. The wind blew the aroma of spring in his nostrils as he sighed a breath of relief and tranquility. Though he remembered the horrors of his past lives, he didn't want to deviate from this moment of bliss he was experiencing. Had his debt been paid? 
he couldn't help but catch a wonderful scent in the air that made his blood boil with desire. He felt as light as a feather, going where the wind took him, closer and closer to this alluring fragrance. As expected, the source of this aroma came from a young woman sitting in the grass enjoying the sunshine. As he approached her, she somehow didn't notice his presence, although he came right up to her from behind. Though it was rude not to introduce himself, he came in real close as her aroma filled his lungs and suddenly couldn't control himself as her smell had him in a trance. He lightly touched her shoulder with his hands, smelling her deeply, wanting to drink her sweetness and delicateness. Out of nowhere, he pricked her skin and drew blood with his tongue, which clearly offended her as she twitched in discomfort. At that moment, he realized what he had done and what he had become as he saw her enormous hand raise up to strike him. He said to himself, well, that figures, just before she slapped him into a bloody mess on her shoulder. So you've made it to the end. Thanks for tuning in to Dark Studio. Be sure to comment and share the experience. And stay tuned for the next episode.